Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the TetraCast. My name is Zach Reese. I'm your host. It is the September 30, 2017 edition. So I got two guests with me. First off, we've got Josh Torres. I'm back in the West. Yes, you have returned from your trip to Florida. Smooth uh, point back in time. It's It's been kind of a difficult time in Florida, so I'm glad you weren't part of that whole mess that happened down there with the hurricane. Yeah, I mean, I you could still see like you know obviously the after effects yeah. down there, but we'll talk about it in a little bit. Sure, and then of course we've also got Adam Vitelli. Hi, it's me. Hello. Yes. Uh, so I did not go anywhere. No, you and me, we kind of stuck around our respective hovels and we kind of buried ourselves like we hibernated <laughs> as we wish. So uh, as everyone doesn't fall. Yeah, because man, uh, Adam and I and uh, pretty much everyone on staff has got games to review right now, uh, and it's been pretty hectic. Um, trying to get all this stuff covered. But that's kind of been uh, interesting how last week on our podcast, there was a ton of news to talk about because Tokyo Game Show was wrapping up. Uh, it was a Saturday, and then it ended up that uh, last Sunday is when it ended. And apparently it was like a hugely successful Tokyo Game Show. Uh, a lot of people attended, and uh, they were planning on you know even a bigger show next year. But that was what um, there was a ton of news that came with it because we had Sony's pre TGS conference and all the news from that. And then, of course, all the uh, live streams that were held, uh, stage shows, that kind of thing. But this week, not a lot, not a lot at all. Uh, just a few Pretty different quiet. things to, yeah, just a few. And I can't really think of anything else coming up in the near future we're talking about other than, uh, you know, specific games coming out. So, uh, we'll talk about that in a bit, but before we do, let's get into uh, recent happenings, things that we've been playing uh, before we get into the news. So, Josh, uh, let's start with you because we were just talking mm-hmm. about the fact yeah. that, yes, you were down uh, in Florida for, or uh, to Orlando, Florida, in fact, uh, for the yeah. CEO, Ota- uh, CEO Taku. How do you pronounce that? I always wonder. CEO Taku. It's like CEO, but CEO Taku. Okay. The O is double purposed. Yes. There you go. Yeah, but um, it's a fighting game tournament that they uh, hold yearly. It's like I think it's not its third year now. It's uh, relatively young, but it's like an offshoot of the more bigger, more major uh, CEO community effort Orlando yeah. fighting game tournament, and that's uh, run by uh, a kind fellow named Alex Jabaley, and a very big prominent uh, person in the fighting game community. Uh, does a lot of great work, so he decided, you know, like CEO like proper. Is like all for the big games, like you know, Street Fighter, Tekken, etc. And CEO Taku is more of the lesser known niche, like anime fighting games, like uh, uh, Blaze Blue, uh, Under Night in Birth, um, Melty Blood. And you know, uh, my game, of course, is uh, Gundam Versus that came out just at the time of this recording. The English release came out yesterday, and it's been out in Japan for a few months. So we, uh, my buddy and I entered there, got to meet with a lot of friends. We did end up taking a uh, fourth place over there. So it was a lot of fun being on the main stage and whatnot. But uh, Orlando, you know. Who do you I main? Mean, oh, who do I main? Uh, yes. Got, like four of, uh, I don't know how good numbers is working. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, suit? Like I do Gundam F90, which is a little like teeny tiny suit. Uh, that is armed with like you know a, a saber and a beam rifle goes very fast. That's the main thing. Uh, I also play a GPO three, which is like a bigger Dunham that has like big ass like missile launchers on its shoulders. Uh, very versatile, and um, and, and Virtue from Gundam Double O, which is a very big tanky Gundam has like big ass cannons all over it and fires big ass beams. 
when it wants to. Those are my main three I'm most most comfortable with right now. So it's been it, it was a lot of fun though. Um, competition was fierce. Uh, teaching people how to play, of course, was really fun. And you know, uh, just a whole bunch of newcomers, you know, out of the gates right now, getting their feet wet, and I'm excited. But outside of that, uh, you know, we were talking a little bit about still, uh, of course, uh, you know, our wishes and prayers to everyone, you know, recuperating from the uh, recent, you know, natural disasters everywhere. Um, obviously, uh, Orlando, Florida, center, that's in central Florida. It wasn't hit as hard, but you definitely, you know, see the after effects of the hurricane there. Like there was like a, a lagoon uh, nearby where we stayed at that was all dried out. Um, you see like the, the, the swimming pool there just kind of still overflowing with like, you know, ducks just chilling out there. So, you know, uh, uh, here and there, it'll take time. And, you know, Florida, it, for better or worse, you know, they're like the landscape is used to that kind of situation as well. Um, so, but, it, you know, I'm glad that no one that I knew, you know, um, they they all made it out. Okay. They, they all recovered. Um, not, nothing was uh, off too bad yeah and two of our two of our staff members natalie and liz are florida but uh as far as i know they didn't have any significant damages mm-hmm. so, so th- yeah uh, th- thank you for that uh, as well you know just uh, and anyone you know who was affected like you know our hopes and prayers and wishes uh, of course out to you you have our full support stay safe um and then, it, like, it's just a lot of my weekend was just kind of chilling out with friends, both online and... Uh, it's and like a mini online. vacation. Yeah, yeah, pretty much like a big gathering. And then the CEO Taku event was um, the big excuse for us to, like, you know, head out there. <laughs> like, one was from Canada, one was from Wyoming, a few were already uh, from different parts of Florida. Um, and it, it was, I guess, my my weird story of, the, of that was two of them. Uh, we went to a Japanese restaurant called Hanamizuki. And then we have our own little group in Discord as well. So they're they're like, oh man, you should like periscope your dinner. Like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> you know, so the guy there just fucking, we're all just chilling out and uh, has his periscope out and everything while we're waiting for the food. And I'm just, we're just like ordering sake left and right because I'm, because people ask me like like go cold or hot sake. I'm like, you always drink this hot. I I think your brother Brian uh at e3 asked me the same question we went to little tokyo and then he's like i never had sake i'm like okay well just know that you always got to have it hot cold sake is dog shit that's yeah, uh, your right. one advice on sake um, i had a, i had an option between hot and cold sake just a few days ago in fact mm-hmm. and i tried both and i was okay with both i guess i don't know i don't know I, the I difference i'm not good enough at like this. i don't know what you're supposed to have it yeah. i had both <laughs> it's weird it's like, just the more proper way to have it yeah i I think I think the hot sake is the the more proper way. I don't know, cold sake just tastes weird to me. It's kind of it feels like too concentrated. And yeah, like, it's it's straight up you're just drinking like Everclear or something like that. You're like, okay, that's just liquor. <laughs> it's like hot sake. I guess it goes down. <laughs> Hello, it, alcohol. It goes yeah. down really smoothly though on the hot on uh, hot side. So I totally get that. Mm-hmm. So and then so we, we were just uh, chilling out there, and the other one uh, was we went to a karaoke bar um, the other night. It was like a like they've showed uh, they served like Korean food there as well, and um, so there, there was like you know a mixture of all songs there English, uh, Chinese, Korean, Japanese, and whatnot. So if you're familiar uh, with Jam Project, um, a Japanese band, very very famous, uh, they do a lot of Super World War songs. And there was a theme song you know that we put up on karaoke, and it it, it was like it's uh it's Gong from Super Robot Wars Alpha Three, and 
it, it, it the karaoke machine always broke at that song. <laughs> so we told the karaoke operators like, hey, you know, this is like the second time it's always breaking on this song. And <laughs> the, the karaoke operators were Korean. They're just like, they're like, it's a Japanese song. They're like, yeah, they're like, stupid Japanese. They're like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then we found out later on that night that three of our friends went back to the venue. One had to go to a tournament. Uh, tournament. Others uh, were feeling tired. So they uh, like they got picked up by an Uber. And the Uber guy's like, yeah, this place is like legit like one of the most dangerous places to be in Orlando. Apparently in, the, in that parking lot, it's already a shady looking parking lot. But like there's like a shooting there in, in February. And we're like, and they just told us this like after we were all like uh, you know after we left and everything it's like oh all right and then it, it, like apparently this parking lot is like a like a good hub for like you know drug deals and everything too and then we're like yeah and then then you think when you think about it we we're getting like a, 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 a on the drive over there like I I missed it but people pointed out like you know that the karaoke place right there then we got when you got to the parking it's like wow this is you could easily miss this. This is a really small parking lot. What the fuck? And it's a good parking lot for uh, for yeah. shading happenings. Yeah, I know. It was, was kind of. It's like, hey, we're alive. That's our gift for tonight. So, well, I mean, at least you were in a group. Yeah, yeah. That's, I think that protected you. Of course, I've had to deal <laughs> and, with downtown Los Angeles by myself, and that's not. That's oh not yeah, fun. that's that's not fun. Like, <laughs> yeah, Kyle and I had some wild things happen there at E3 on the way to Egg Slut. Um, uh, yeah. But, also like the there's like security cameras inside that karaoke bar and then like everyone's face was fine but mine was like censored out for some reason on those ca- cameras <laughs> i don't know why just like what the fuck are, they're, they're like are you too hollywood now? i censored like, out like it like like it blurred the face. face yeah it blurred my face straight up no, it's josh that's just how you look oh Sorry. shit <laughs> oh man that this is what they're okay, saying yes that's 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 just the, the real you. Other than that, I mean the the flights there were yeah, you, you get what you pay for. I I paid for you know a five hour straight uh, flight there for it was like two hundred bucks and <laughs> you know that's and, not bad uh, at all. Wow, yeah, I, yeah I guess it's really a weird time. time. It's for yeah. a round trip. Yeah, it, it was it was a it's a weird time because I I left the airport on Thursday night like around nine to nine thirty to ten. And then I didn't get there until, well, in normal time over here, it'd be like two to three, but over there it's like five to six in the morning. So when, when, I, uh, when I got down there, like I had to call my friend and he's like, hey, you awake? <laughs> <You're there>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's not bad at all, though. I mean, yeah. it sounds like at least that you had a really great time being there. Obviously, that was your first time being there. Was it your first time in Florida? Yeah, it was my first time in Florida. How do you, how do you like it? I mean, we're still the coast, of course. Uh, you and I are both living here in California, so how humid was it? Ninety percent humidity. Yeah, uh, it's way it was... different in humidity. California is not very humid, but there it's uh, very muggy. In fact, <clears throat> yeah, it's uh oh man, I was not really dressed most days for it because I a lot of my what I wore was like kind of like dress pants with like long sleeves and then like one pair of shorts. <laughs> Oh, dude. You're not a very um, dressy guy. I don't take you for a dressy guy, so wearing dress pants is probably not the best idea, especially with I that. Because, I mean, I live in, I'm from Iowa, me and Adam from Iowa. So we, and of course, Adam uh, grew up, or, uh, I went to school around there. So fully aware of how the humidity can really get to you uh, 
uh, physically and, and mentally. You know, so, well, I also yeah. I also lived in Atlanta for five years. And Atlanta gets pretty darn humid too. That's what mm. I'm talking about. You you worked you grew up around there. Uh, you went to school around there uh, in Florida uh, in Georgia, in fact. But yeah, yeah. around that area, south yeah. southeast. You know, pollen everywhere too. <laughs> oh yeah, and did you not, ever not this time of year, but earlier in the summer and spring? It's, bah. <laughs> I always wanted to. Uh, I was curious about living in Atlanta, uh, but. Is it true? Like, did you ever experience acid rain over there? Acid rain? Yeah. I, don't know. I heard that's one of the problems over there. Maybe. Uh, I do think there was one time where we had rain that was supposedly supposed to be like a bit acidic, but like you could, I couldn't tell. Oh, okay. Because I thought that that was like the one of the things. I was like, maybe I shouldn't move there because <laughs> I don't want like all my, like my car completely. Like I lose all the paint in my car, so now I'm running around with a primer or something like that. <laughs> Just a disgusting looking car all the time. That's my weird concern about that stuff. But fair, yeah, yeah, a very big concern. Uh, but uh, for you, Josh, though, you got to stay there for at least uh, a few days. Yeah, um, I stayed uh, from like early Friday to like Monday evening, and then got back. It was it was cool. I, I really enjoyed it. I hope to travel a bit more uh, there and well not in florida specifically but i know there's like other, another like official gundam tournament like this january or february in chicago so i'm kind of, i'm kind of playing around with the with the idea not sure yet uh, it's always fascinating to me like how the tournament organizers for gundam like how how the the machine the machine is well oiled like it's it's already down to a science how they're going to set the seven tournament yeah because it, it's a very unique environment uh, compared to most fighting games it's a two v two but you need to set up like an online lobby through like a router to like emulate LAN uh for for matches so like the the hell like the state of like the PlayStation network like needs to be like good for like to run these matches yeah basically so um. It's crazy, and they, the, I, I know some of the social media channels for CEO like kind of took pictures of, like the Gundam setup on the main stage. It's it's insane. It's bonkers, but it was lovely. It, yeah. It's a great kind of chaos. It and obviously Gundamverse just came out on Friday, yesterday, in fact, uh, mm-hmm. in the West here. So hopefully it'll grow, and so next year at CEO Taku, maybe it'll be a far bigger audience. Uh, yeah, I hope so. In front of, for sure. yeah. Yeah, and, and it was funny too because uh, one of my friends, the one who picked me up from the airport, like uh, he he was doing the commentary for uh, Top Four as well, and got versus along with another uh, buddy of ours. So it was, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Well, awesome. Uh, since then, though, have you been playing any other games? Um, on the way there, I I realized uh, about flights. One, I cannot sleep on flights, and two, <laughs> I. Uh, I, much like reading and uh, playing games in the car, I can't do that either because I feel very lightheaded like after yeah, ten minutes of it. Me too. So like uh, on my like free time and like nothing was like really happening, I I decided to pick up uh, Metroid: Samus Returns on 3DS, and I because I heard really really good things about that. Apparently, Mercury Steam did like awesome with this game. I'm like great, you know, I'm I'm down for like an actual new proper Metroid. And you know the that the announcement of them working on it after Castlevania Mirror of Fate, I believe that was the title. I'm like, yeah. I don't know, man. Yeah. Um, it was bad. But they had Mercury Steam basically had not made a good game before. <laughs> Period. <Yes>. Now. <laughs> so yeah. uh, some would argue that the first Lords of Shadow. Have you? So like, did no. you? <laughs> I would not. Did I would you? Uh, that. It was bad. So you, so you got a chance to play it, or did you yeah. like it? 
I, 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 I got like confused. Like you said, you really can't play on the plane. Yeah, but... yeah. That, so I, I was hoping to get more out of it, uh, playtime in it on the plane ride, but I couldn't. So I got like I played a little bit, maybe like half an hour in total on the plane rides, and then like maybe a good hour or two, and I was actually in the room. Um, so I'm still fairly early in the game. I just barely got the ice beam, um, but it's it's good. I mean, I'm really liking it. I don't have. I know I played Metroid Two way back when, but I don't remember much of. I don't, How are I don't... you finding the controls? That seems to be the one thing that I find criticized most often is like it's the weird. controls yeah, I, making I wish... making hand cramps and whatnot. Yeah, I do wish the D-pad was, could be used as an alternative method to, for doing for it. I can't. Yeah, because it it's kind of feels a little imprecise just doing it on the like an analog nub, and like at least the game's forgiving about enough of its platforming sections that's not like super precise at the moment where I'm at. But I can definitely see where the hand cramps uh, complaint comes from, mm-hmm. because you know trying to trying to control that kind of game and like using your thumb a lot during it is uh, like with how your hand is positioned all very scrunched up. Uh, uh, it's just it. I imagine it wouldn't feel good after like several hours. I, I would say play like an hour of it, like rest, and then play like another half hour to forty five minutes of it, and just don't play it for like two and a half to three hours straight. <laughs> yeah. Um. But. Uh, it's. I think my one complaint about it is just I'm used to playing Metroid games at 60 frames. Like I've always played them like that. So this running at like half the frame rate, like you know, I can. It's still playable. Like totally fine. But like when I go into Metroid, I expect that like extra level of smoothness uh, from it. I think like the only uh, what do I say? Metroid Prime Hunters is probably like the only one that like ran like below 60. I want to say. But I, I don't remember too much. I, I know the Metroid Prime games did. Uh, obviously, GBA Metroid games did. Like but... I don't know if the original did, but like Super Metroid and all that. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it, the, other than that, I they had, I do like the little parrying mechanic that they uh, introduced in the game, like of uh, Samus swiping up her cannon and then doing like an instant parry and then like easily get getting through like any like enemies. You don't have to like kind of do weird uh, movement maneuvers around them. It's just like okay, they're coming at me. Parry, shoot, shoot, shoot. Okay. Um, the life goes on. Um, I, I think the the only other weird thing I don't know if this is intentional or not, but when, once you get the ice beam, it's kind of like confusing, like on what it's used for because it's very it seems very situational. But when you go up against Metroids, like your normal beam won't work on it, only missiles up until you get the ice beam, and apparently the ice beam can work against the Metroid things. But it never gives you any sort of indication that it does. It just, for me, just kind of oh. happened an accident. I think that's that's almost like how do I put this? That's almost like something you just know, right? Like yeah, ice yeah. Cream works uh, against Metroid. Yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> but I totally forgot uh, forgot about that because I haven't played a Metroid game in a long time, and like it's just one of those things that like to newer players who want to get into Metroid, you know, like they won't know that off the bat, you know, because it never like it, only like players who've like played Metroid was like, oh, of course it does, you know. But the, mm-hmm. but you know but the newer players I'm just thinking it from their perspective and for me who totally forgot I was like oh yeah that's right Duh. um but yeah it's one of the, I remember it's one of the most effective weapons in the in the prime games uh yeah. in Metroid Other M there's like a weird scene where it's oh man I, probably I one try, of the worst scenes I, in I the try game to forget. I, I can't even tell you that like the last Metroid game I played before so <laughs> I sure didn't play Other M I won't, I played... I won't go into it but there, there's like this scene in Other M where it's like don't use Ice Beam it's not gonna work and I'm gonna like shoot you in the back or something and it's just really bad <laughs> nice 
Yeah. Metroid Other M is certainly something. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, it's nice to get something. It's nice to get another proper game after that. Yeah. yeah. And hopefully, uh, Prime, Metroid Prime Four will uh, be good. I'm really looking forward to that. To see, one who's, who's actually developing it. it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and two, and two, like what it actually ends up looking like. And just, I, I'm kind of excited for that. Um, other than that, I started playing a little game called Cuphead. Um, yes, I need like, to play that. Yes, because uh, I got it. Actually, and I need to get to uh-huh. it. Yep, I actually started it. I, I earlier this morning. Actually, I was gonna do it last night. Then I think I was. I ended up playing Gundam all night. Um, obviously, Cuphead is one of those things. It's like been around forever in the gaming industry. Like it's been at least four or five years. No, no not four or five years. Uh, like three to four years since its like initial reveal. <laughs> and it was like the initial reveal was that some weird like like indie showcase of like Xbox like live games yeah like indies. i remember that and, yeah. Uh, yeah and like and did without any formal announcement and people were just like wait what the fuck is that game <laughs> that looks amazing because yeah. it's yeah. got the throwback old like cartoon style from like yeah. the 20s and uh, 30s yep and that's a you know it delivers on that oh like wholeheartedly you know like you like just kind of building upon like you know the the animation and car- cartoon style you know that steamboat really kind of established and kind of you know the evolution of that going forward and it's just absolutely lovely um I can't say hard? enough good things. It's it's difficult. It's challenging, but I'm playing it solo, and I've been uh, going through it just fine. It's definitely a lot of trial and error. Uh, it's definitely you're gonna die a lot. You're gonna be like, okay, I, you have to go into the, the mindsets like I'm not gonna do this the first or second, probably not even the third try, because um, you, you a lot of like the game Keep is boss patterns, encounters. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like the the initial original concept of the game. Was that's gonna be like a boss, like only type type being like a boss rush style game, but yeah. you know they add they added uh, run and gun stages, and I'll go into those a little bit. But the just I think this is like one of the strongest games this year. That's just like in terms of just like bosses alone. Obviously, they spent a ridiculous amount of time, money, effort, sweat, blood, and tears into this game. Uh, the the like the development of this game, and uh, like you know there's stories about it already. Uh, the developers there just kind of risking it all. For the development of this game, and it, it sounds uh, really bad though when you read about it. Like you know, they they gave up a lot. They like uh, uh-huh. they basically they just put out pulled out the mortgages and all this mm-hmm. stuff. They yeah they gave up most of their lives. Like I don't think. Uh, and what if this didn't turn out to be successful? You know, this would have been I, like a tragedy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, who knows if like it'll be a success like right now? I hopefully it is. I hope the, the very best for them. You know, but yeah. yeah, that's the decisions they decided to go through. I mean, uh, I. I can't thank them enough, like you know, for for this game, and I hope you know that it's they get their lives, you know, back back into shape uh, thanks to like you know, hopefully the financial success of this game. I, I would love to see the de- developers get rewarded for all their hard work into this game because sure. it's it's a stunner, it's a uh, special for sure. But you know, the everything about this game, the obviously the boss encounters, the direction of them, the music, like that's like the the audio hiss. A lot to accompany like the film, you're kind of like almost like a record scratch kind of thing going on with that, and just just the animation style, anything you remember from like very early cartoons, it's all in there. And each boss, like I said earlier, trial and error, you'll be going to a boss encounter, you'll be trying to get to its next phase just to see, okay, what does it do in its phase? I need to reach its final phase so I know what to look out for. I may not be prepared for it. But I just want to see, I want to get over this barrier ramp at right now, so I know what to expect next. Sure. Uh, it's a lot. It's a lot of that, and you know, c- controls are very easy. It's a, a run, a dash, uh, shooting, uh, staying in the place to shoot at one spot. Um, you know, and 
it ha- you can get like different kinds of like guns that have different attacks. Uh, it's very like the amount of like fighting game terminology in it is kind of kind of surprised me because like there's like technically not a double jump that you can do on your own, but you can do a parry on any object that's pink. So like if you see like a bullet coming at you, you jump and then you press jump again right before you hit that to do a parry, which negates the attack you know the damage that you would get from it plus it charges kind of like your super meter uh because like you have these cards this card meter at the lower left corner uh that can go up to like five of them every time you do a parry uh you'll gain one of them and uh one uh expending one will do like an ex attack for the current uh you know weapon that you have equipped one can a gun could like form like a like a projectile like shield around you won't exactly protect you from attacks but it'll hit anyone close to you or like uh or x is like uh mega man x is like a mega buster kind of like charging it up and shooting that could be like its ex attack instead or if you charge it up all the way your 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 super meter uh you can perform a super art and that'll use the entire thing for like uh for a very powerful attack or you can equip, like, say, invincibility, for example, uh, for a brief amount of time. So it's just it's kind of very leaning uh, much on like fighting game terminology, which is kind of cool. Or it kind of sounds like a shmup. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> oh, I, I, do shmups have that? Like the 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 arts, like super arts thing? I don't know. Well, well, they sometimes have like special like weapons you can like pick up and like shoot like a couple of like special oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. attacks like a couple of times type of thing. Yeah. You like try to save them for like opportune moments and whatnot. So. Mm-hmm. So I, I I don't think the this game will like jive for everybody obviously because it's 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 a difficult game if you're if you're not a fan of like you know challenging games that'll require trial and error you know this this will like you know this may try your patience like uh, to me it, to me it was like never uh, about the game like doing anything unfair it was just more of what unfamiliarity with like you know uh, the boss uh, patterns uh, or like the just the general level that I'm going through. Uh, or two, just like I'm getting like getting like too greedy, like uh, with like damage potential, uh, saying I want to take this shot at this like on a, like not safe position, and of course you're gonna yes. get punished for it. Yeah, you, like, you, yeah, instead of playing it safe, you try to like do damage like quickly to try to like get the boss, you know, yeah. da- damaged mm-hmm. yep. more quickly, yeah. and then you just kind of like screw yourself. Like, yeah, would have been better. I probably would have saved time in the long run if I was just you know, but the, you know, the, more the, cautious. <laughs> But there are definitely, but there are definitely times, like you know, at the final like phase of a boss, I just like I want to damage race it. I don't care how much damage I have to like sacrifice for it. As long as, long as, as I... I get that death blow before you. Yeah, kill. <laughs> yeah. Th- thankfully, yep. yeah. Thankfully, what it does is right as you uh, hit a boss with the last hit, it'll say like knockout, like pan across the screen, like very cartoon, like of course. Uh, and then like a- anything that happens after that, you're invincible. So like you can't. It won't say knockout, and then so, you'll so no like bullshit projectile that hits you. You, you can't. You can't like defeat the boss and then get hit by like the, the yeah. lone like mm-hmm. bullet that's still flying in the yeah. air. Yeah, thank God. Like <laughs> man, because I would have so screwed for so many bosses if I if, if that happened. I would have been really mad too. Um, but yeah, and and like I said earlier, like uh, initially a boss like rush kind of game. But they added these run and gun stages. Yeah. That yeah, that uh, you know. Yeah, that extends you know more playing time out of that game. We'll have uh, nifty platform sections like uh, there's like this carnival level. They're like you know when you hit the target like of the platform will go down on it. So there's like neat platforming gimmicks around that where like there's like the projectiles coming uh, towards you and you have to like position yourself through these platforms, making sure that you're not on them when they drop because when the projectile hits them. So it, it does it plays around a lot with like 
nifty like you know platforming mechanics but they're also thematically re- relevant to where you are and it's it's excellent it's awesome that if I, if I were to like give it a complaint right now it's just like there's a little bit of wonky hitboxes very few bosses that I'm kind of like i don't know if i agree with that and and two um oh go for it one thing i was wondering do bosses have like some sort of health bar it's like you don't know like how much damage you have left to deal so anytime you hit them, you, they'll flash right, and yet you know when you, you've hit them. So you know that's like it, like if you they're only their heads vulnerable. Like, like if you hit style, that spot, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. So you'll know like when uh, project your uh, attack hits. But in terms of like life bar, there's no like active life bar that you're that you're looking at uh, during the boss phase. The only time you know how much general life they have left is after each death. There's like a progress bar that's uh, that shows up, and it has like little notches on it, and each notch uh, represents the boss's phase. But say you're like halfway through, like a notch on it. it th- that means like you got halfway through this boss phase. You only need a little bit more. But that's the only kind of like relative life bar that you, you only have only after you die. So so there's like nothing to really track you in a little bit there. Oh, uh, I see. Uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, I think we heard you. <laughs> okay, all right. Um. But other than that, like uh, my other complaint with it is just there. There are some bosses where the the background is lovely and everything. Like for each and every part of this game, it's, you can tell, like uh, uh it's been like a, a lot of care has been uh, put into this game. But there are some color palettes that kind of blend in a little bit too much with like the the boss's projectile and not making them obvious enough towards you. Like say. There's like this dark brown mesh in the background, but the uh, boss's attack is like a dark bluish on top of that dark brown, and so like in the heat of the moment, it that's hard to track uh, when you're doing yeah. like a up section in these kinds of games because it gets very busy on screen. But other than that, um, I'm about maybe a little over halfway through it. I have like the final roll, uh, like two more worlds to do in it, and I'll, I'll be done with it. But it's. It's definitely worth it for its price. It's just no other game with the aesthetics like it. It's phenomenal. Yeah. It's been a long time coming, yeah. <laughs> as we mentioned. It's so. kind of weird Like when I'm thinking about the fact that Cuphead came out. Another game that I've been thinking so much about lately that we don't hear too much about is Below. Because that was also one of those games that was announced, I think, maybe around the same time, like two or three mm-hmm. years ago. Oh, yeah, that's that right. indie, uh Yeah, that indie uh, stream uh, or whatever it was, if it was just some weird... Uh, video that they had during their regular conferences but uh that's another one of those games that was delayed and delayed and delayed constantly it was supposed to be out sometime last summer and then that didn't happen and now we're just kind of waiting for it maybe it'll be out sometime early 2018 but it's another another situation where like you hope the best for those studios but they're kind of doing it to themselves a little bit because they're not they're like perfectionists i suppose and so you wonder if they're going to be able to survive long enough for that game to come uh, out, but I, ho- I hope so. You know, I'm sure they have like side projects going on at the same time, but that's cool. So yeah, I, I hope the next time the next time I hear about Cuphead is that it's sold a lot and the, it's a huge success and the developers are better off, you know, like at, at a better place uh, because of it. Yeah, it's just one of those games though. It's not like one of those games as a service deal, so like it needs to. It's not like you know. Player unknown, player unknown's battlegrounds where like they could be doing other stuff that they can make more money off of. It's like this game's out, you know, and that's it. And so now yeah. they have to kind of wait and see how successful it'll be until the next game comes out. 
but we'll have to find out. Uh, I, I, I have faith that it'll do well. I mean, sure. it, it absolutely deserves it. It's got enough uh, excitement around it that you would hope yeah. so, because a lot of people are talking about it, and I've been hearing only good things, just like what you've yeah. been going over. So, uh, and I need to play it myself so I can share my own opinion. Um, yeah. So, Adam, uh, we talked about this before that we wanted to wait a little bit. You've been playing that new uh, Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga remake that they put out on yeah. the 3DS Bowser's, and plus Bowser's Minions. Uh, which was another game that came out, so they kind of just put them together. So, what has been your experience with that? I know you were you were kind of wary of it before. So, uh, so first of all, the game comes out like early October, yeah. so a couple weeks yet, or one week or whatever. Um, and so, what it is, it's a remake of the very first Mario and Luigi RPG, and then it has like attached to it like a new game mode actually that's probably not even correct to call it a, a mode it's like a totally separate thing that you can do called bowser's minions first of all let me talk about like superstar saga so like the original superstar saga is kind of it was on game boy advance and it's it's i think it's a really like great nifty little game it's not like a super deep rpg with like a super complex storyline i mean it's mario you know sure. um sure. it's just kind of like the, it was kind of like this fun little quirky game like set in the Mario universe and had introduced a couple of, you know, quirky characters. And it's, it's just a really like silly game. It's, it's got like a really charming localization um, and really uh, charming writing and all that. And it's, it's a simple game to play. It's like, it's not too long. It's, it's kind of addicting in terms of like how the battles work and it's really energetic. And I thought it's just like, this is a a nifty little game. It's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, nothing like super fancy or super deep, sure. but it works. Yeah. And then, like, when they announced the remake, it kind of your first thought is like, or my first thought was like, does it really need one? Like, the the Game Boy game was pure sprite work. Yeah. On the Game Boy Advance, it looked good. That yeah, was like and it looks good. And, it and I, I even loaded, I even loaded it up on a Game Boy Advance, the original, just to kind of see, like, try to like remember it. And you know, obviously, the screens on the Game Boy Advance systems are much smaller than. 3ds or vita or whatever but uh it still looks like a you know it still looks good like that's the thing about those sprite work and it's like a really colorful game so like it those those types of games tend to age a little bit better i think yes um and even the game was even put on like the wii u like like a virtual console too um or yeah game boy advance virtual console on wii u which is a little bit weird but um (laughs) so it's like it even got like a modern like it's available on a more modern console. You know, the Wii U is obviously the Wii U, but still, like, I still can't shake the feeling. Like, was this remake really necessary? I guess. Oh well. Um, so the remake is based. It's very faithful. Like, it's literally like the same game with a new coat of paint, and it does change the art style to like more of the models that were used in later games in the series on 3DS, like. Uh, Dream Team and Paper Jam. Those are later games, the fourth and the fifth one. And when you're looking at screenshots of it, like, I thought it looked kind of terrible, to be honest. Um, yeah, it's kind of like, like, a little, uh, it's too smooth. Like, the shading that they used, it was kind of... Yeah, it, it looks better in motion than it does in the screenshots. There's this, like, fluidity to the models that's, that is pretty nice um, when it's in motion. Uh, and as always with like any 3ds game, it looks better on a 3ds than it does like on your computer screen. <laughs> uh, for so that's just how the 3ds screen works. Is it kind of works well with that low resolution that it has? Sure. Um, 
So I think it looks fine, but it you know it's still d- pretty different from what it looked like before. So it's kind of going to be you know up to whoever to decide they, they, which one looks better. To you, do you think do you think it loses a lot in the transition? Not really. Uh, um, it's just like a. It's like the, the sprites are the, the the original sprites, like the GBA sprites, I think are hard to top. Uh, but I do think it still works pretty well. Um, and I think that what helps the most is like there's a the the the, the new sprites are very fluid, um, so they it's really well animated. Whereas the old you know sprites are more just typical like GBA sprite work, and it's still really charming, and I really really like it. But it's just it's a little bit different okay. now. It's one thing that makes this game a little bit different than um like Paper Jam, which was the most recent release, like early 2016, I think, um, is that that game on 3DS had like really like fully 3D environments, like like when you when you're controlling your characters, you're going like, you know, there's depth to the screen, you're controlling your characters in like a 3D environment, and I didn't realize this until I went back. I actually I loaded up paper jam just to kind of compare and that game did not run very well at all oh it's really? very very choppy and i like I recalled like how choppy it was and superstar saga is kind of like your camera viewpoint is always the same it's like you're looking down on the characters kind of like on a 2d map really um the remake kind of makes it look you know there's a little bit more depth to it you know in terms of visually but you're still only moving your characters up down left or right um on like a 2d screen and it probably because it's not so ambitious, but it, it runs a hell of a lot smoother. Um, so it's a really smooth playing game. Um, and it's mostly the same as the original GBA release. They did add a few things like there's a couple more warp points so you can get around the world a little bit, little bit quicker. There's a couple more, uh, like equipment items, like bonus equipment items you can get, um, for various things. Um, but mostly it's pretty much the same game. Like, besides like some really really small things, it's basically the exact same game. Oh. So that's where I guess the uh, Bowser's Minions part comes in. Now I hadn't really been paying too much attention to this when the game was first coming out or first uh, basically like announced, which is not that long ago. Um, and I thought this was just kind of like a separate mode, like a like a bonus mode or something that. You know, I kind of assumed that, oh, if you do like this little Bowser minion game, you'll like get bonus items that you can use in the main game or like new equipment or something. Some perks, right? Yeah, you know, right? Like, yeah, like I didn't I didn't hear about this anywhere. I just kind of assumed. And I, I assumed totally incorrectly. The Bowser Minion like game, it's like a totally separate standalone game. Hmm. Like there's no there's no connection like i mean obviously it's just like it's like the same storyline or whatever but there's like no gameplay connection between superstar saga and bowser's minions so i guess that's why they call the game superstar saga plus bowser's minions but like if you wanted to which i would may not i may not um blame people for this you could totally ignore the bowser's minions part and you're not really missing out on like anything really <laughs> like you can just ignore it and is there, are they just like a totally separate? So what it is, so what, what Bowser's game? Minion is, it's mm-hmm. it's it's a totally different type of game. It's not like the normal like t- turn-based RPG with like t- button timing that the series usually is. And what it is, it's this is guys so silly. It's like mm-hmm. a war simulation where oh. you pick. <laughs> it, <laughs> Sounds awesome. Yes, it, it Mario. So you pick like eight units, and these units are basically any enemy character thing that's in the game. So like a Goomba. 
para, Paracoupa, Troopa, the Hammer Bros, Fire Bros, Boomerang Bros, Ice Bros, the Charging Chuck, whatever they are. Is, you know, basically any of those Mario enemies, you can basically like select eight of them and you kind of pit them, put them in a squad. And there's, okay. three different, there's three different types of units. There's like melee units, range units, and flying units. So flying units are like the, you know, like the winged Goombas or whatever. And basically your eight units are pitted up against eight units from the enemy. And then the game plays itself. Like you don't have, you have very little control over this actual like skirmish. It's like you're just, the, your uh, squad is basically basically automatically controlled for you in this little like skirmish mode thing is and it th- th- what do the battles look like are they just like kind of like colliding like on a grid map or like in the actual turn-based uh interface it looks uh so the the models are basically 2d and so you have your unit on the left and the and the uh enemy units on the right and they literally kind of like just collide into each other um and it's not like a grid or anything it's just kind of like it's like you take like the normal Superstar Saga or Mario and Luigi like battle screen type of mm-hmm. like uh, viewpoint. Only instead of like having like any control over your characters, they just basically start running into each other. <laughs> so all right, yeah, it's like so it's like this little skirmish thing. And what the game actually is is basically as you put units in these little skirmishes, they like level up, um, so they get a little bit stronger, a little bit more health or whatever. Um, and then there's like the three different unit types have, as you would expect, like a like a a weapon triangle. So like flying units are good against the ground units, who are good against throwing units, who are good against the flying units. So uh, basically, what the strategy comes down to is looking at what the enemy squad has, putting basically you're giving yourself the advantage in the uh, in your squad, and then most of the time you're going to win. So you're saying so- that the next Mario game is going to be Fire Emblem after Odyssey. <laughs> Uh, yes yes i'd now, be okay with that honestly we need more, <laughs> we need no strategy rpgs yes so um uh the uh sorry the car alarm's going off i don't know if you can hear that nope can't hear yeah. it. it's just just kind of bugging me anyway um so there's a couple of like other small things like for example there's some ice enemies and if you have like a fire bro like the guy that throws fire they do bonus damage and there's a couple of things like that but otherwise it's pretty simple and so this mode is basically what it is in terms of the story in superstar saga bowser gets like kind of like knocked away like kidnapped kind of like really early on in the game and in the normal game you don't really know what he's doing he's just kind of like in the background he's like it's just not important and this is supposed to be like this is what was happening but Hmm. it's it's not interesting at all. It's oh. you're you're basically a Goomba, <laughs> named Captain Goomba, and you. That sounds uh, awesome. That's honestly. really good. Yeah, and is he friends like, with Uncle Amiibo? Yeah. So he he meets Captain Koopa and Captain uh, Boo and Captain Shy Guy. So that's that's yeah. really good. Fuck. I love it. So you basically you go through the different like areas in the game, and then like as you go through the different areas, you like kind of. Um, there's like a small little like story thing. It's it's pretty silly, like it's like this is this has nothing to do with like the actual plot of the game. It's just like really kind of like silly, um, character interaction type stuff. Like for example, in the beach area in the game, there's a couple of these NPC characters who are like obsessed with like shells and how pretty they are. So they, they do like a beauty contest, and then like 
they get mad and then you fight them or something. It's you know just silly kind of goofy stuff. But to be honest, I kind of got tired of it pretty quickly, or I'm just like skipping through all the dialogue, and it, I felt like they were talking a lot. Mm. That was one nice thing about the original Superstar Saga that some of the later games weren't as good at is that the later games in this Mario and Luigi series get really talky. Like they sure. just. Yeah. Chat, you could argue chat. that the writing was the best part of those games, the modern ones too. Like no, the rest yeah. of it wasn't as. The writing exciting. is pretty good, but I feel like it. I feel like the original game had like a good balance between like charming writing, but it was also like to the point. Sure, sure. Whereas like games Cutting. like Dream Team especially was the worst one, where they like characters would just not shut up. Um, and I kind of felt more like that in this mode, and it just kind of partially because it just kind of felt like I don't know, it's just. <laughs> It just dragging, it dragged. It just, yeah, like they just kept talking about a whole bunch of nothing, and it was like there was some amusing moments in there, but still, it's just I don't. It really couldn't carry it. And then, like, I just kind of kept going through this mode. It takes several hours to do this, so it's probably not as long as the main game, but probably still more like it's probably like six, seven, eight hours or so. Um, and then, like, you get to the end, you beat, like I beat the final little level thing, and then like that's it, and. It doesn't like get you anything. It just, it's it kind of felt like a waste of time to be honest. So, that's uh, unfortunate. It's like I, I don't know. Some people might really really dig like the strategy styling. Like you you get different units, have to like different, get different squads and whatnot. But it just kind of felt, I don't know. I kind of like felt like I was going through the motions just because I was reviewing it. If I wasn't reviewing it, I probably would have like just ignored it entirely and played the regular game. <laughs> so fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> So I do think Superstar Saga is still, like, it's just a cool little nifty game. But I kind of feel like, A, the fact that it was remade was kind of unnecessary because the original game is, you know, fine, and this game is basically the same. And then, two, the addition of this little war Bowser's minion mode is also kind of unnecessary. Yeah, so, that just seems weird. So, like, it's just, I feel like it's, like, a good game. It's a good remake of a good game that probably wasn't needed. So, great. <laughs> That's yeah. <laughs> so that's that's been pretty much what you've been playing, though. Is there anything else you've been playing besides um, that? No, not really. Oh, I okay. I built. I finally got a. I built my own PC gaming that's what PC. I hear hey, congratulations! About, yeah. What's the spec, man? What kind of video card did you get? It's. it's I I basically got what's, what's popular. So I didn't get. Oh. I got. That's a lot. I mean, that's a lot. There's a lot popular yeah, right now. I don't know what I that means. I got the GTX 1080. So I okay. didn't get like the 1080 Ti. Um, but you know, I figured the 1080 is a little bit cheaper, and I'm kind of coming from nothing. 1080 so is good. Yeah. Yes. Got the seven, the Intel processor 7700K, which is basically okay. the processor. I know, like the 8700K was like just revealed. Like, well, that's way more expensive though. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, you have you have a generation above. You have the 6700K on my end. Yeah, and then I got a. I did. I did kind of shell out for a 4K uh, G Sync monitor. Um, so oh, man. It doesn't go up to like, it doesn't do like the uh, like the 144 frames per second or whatever. It only goes up to 60, but for the types of games I play, I think 60 is fine. Yes. Uh, and 4K. So the first game I wanted to like, I haven't really played that much on it yet. Uh, so you played I, Solitaire. I, I, I played I played on my brother's gaming PC before, so it's not like this is like brand brand new to me, but to kind of have my own. But the, the first game I played on it, I wanted to try out Doctor Your Chronicles just because Doctor Your Chronicles is like literally one of the best games of all time. Damn right, mm-hmm. damn right. <laughs> and like while like the you can like so I played it in 4K and obviously like the cutscene stuff is just upscaled, so it doesn't really it doesn't really look a whole lot better than on like a PS3 or whatever. 
but like the gameplay itself at 4k and 60 frames per second is just like yes yes i made the right choice <laughs> i spent a thousand dollars on a new pc and i played a game that's like a decade old just for I, 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 I wanted to play something i was familiar with but yeah. like i don't I'm going to try out, like, uh, I'll play Trails of Cold Steel. I haven't played that yet. Uh, Nier Automata, although I know the PC port's kind of... I like how you finally not, n- mentioned a demanding game, Nier Automata, as opposed to, like, Trails of I, I, Cold uh, Steel. I, I, I mean, I'm just talking about games and thinking about playing first. Like, most sure. of the games I play aren't that demanding. With your CPU and GPU, I think well, you'll be fine running Nier Automata. I, I, did, I did install Mass Effect. Um, okay. So that's probably the most high-tech like demanding game that i have but yeah so i'm kind of curious then so obviously you're not uh, getting a brand new computer for the games necessarily uh, if you're not playing that many demanding games is it mostly just for like uh editing purposes and work that too yeah but also like and this might this this might transition well into some of the um some of the uh topics we'll talk about later in the news section but like i have a lot i i when a lot of like Japanese RPGs, especially, started getting announced for like PC, and like if I had the option to like get them on consoles or get them on PC, like just having them like on Steam and knowing that they'll always be there and I'll always be able to play them on on this PC. Yeah, I played some on my laptop. I'll play it. I'll be able to play it on a future PC. Just that like kind of forward compatibility is like really like I think that's nice to have. Sure. Because, so like for example, like I played Tales of Bizaria earlier in the year, on you know on on my, I I just played it on a laptop, so I played it low settings, um, but just kind of the fact that I know like I'll be able to play that you know ten years from now on a you know on a ten year newer com- computer, rather than like oh I have to go dig out my PS4 then and <laughs> yeah uh, okay Tales of Bizaria yes. So just kind of like the, I think that's the fact that like if I can buy a game on PC, just kind of the fact that it's like gonna be there and available rather than having a console for it you know down the line yeah so that's kind of also a big part of it so that's kind of what i wanted to do is like i was sticking to pc and ps4 this generation but then it kind of like other consoles came out with their exclusives so it's kind of difficult but that's where i get that feeling i was just i was just wondering because yeah i never really took you for a guy that really needed like the latest computer you have a really old laptop so (laughs) i wasn't too surprised about that so not that old it's Five years, I guess that's old for a that's laptop. Pretty old for a laptop. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's cool. Uh, for me, it's just been kind of the same. You know, I've been reviewing a lot of games lately. Uh, so, uh, like for example, I played Blue Reflection. Got a review up on the site for that one. Uh, bottom line for that uh, was just that it had a great user interface, uh, but the story is very tropey, very stereotypical, and I got bored of it uh, about halfway in because it got it that's kind nice. of devolved into your typical drama anime like i mentioned in the review it's like all right i've heard this story before i've seen an anime that's just like this before uh but man uh, Josh... uh Gust, I, I don't know like gust is a really really weird when it comes to like their their new ip right because they had knights of azure and like i totally agree with you that like i kind of lost you know interest in whatever the fuck was happening out like about halfway through that yeah and like it, it tries to like you know push you know a very like it tried tries to give like you know obviously hints to, like you know uh, romance and whatnot, but just never really panned out to anything, and nothing that was happening was really ever felt that significant. I don't know what's like the 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 missing thing that like can like propel their games like be more I don't know interesting for lack of a better word at the moment. Did you did you beat Blue Reflection? 
I didn't beep the reflection, but I oh, then you would know. It gets yeah, the yeah. Bat, the yeah, I'm 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 speaking from like Gust in general with their, sure. with their, with their new IP, right? Because that, they, these are complaints that are, that seem very similar to my beef at Knights of Azure. Yeah, and, no doubt. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm still very early on Blue Reflection. I decided to get it on uh, the piece release since I got it for cheap, and I was really curious to see, you know, like all these uh, remarks on like what the PC version is. It's on if it's a mess. I'm like, okay, I I, I kind of want to get to the bottom of this because this is gonna uh, bug me. So, yeah, 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 I, I clearly, I made a slight error with my judgment on my review because I thought that uh, there was a, ru- a rumor going around that there was like a Koei Tecmo support ticket about the images, but it turns out they were talking about the images that were uploaded to the Steam page. Like, how the hell would a support person make that uh, mistake? Yeah, that's that, yeah, that's a really weird thing, and uh, I imagine that was a that was a hot PR disaster for for for. Uh, and you could you could tell that like this is a Japanese person trying to speak English. Yeah, yeah. 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 It was the, the, I, I like how they're like the blue. Ref- the, uh, I forget how they put it, but it was something like the blue reflection game. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, <laughs> no, it was very uh, clear. I didn't even I didn't even know that site existed until i saw the information about that but in any case yeah uh, uh, I... but it seems like it seems like they you know just uh, just bottom line on like my end the, the pc version like uh it runs at 60 uh fine for me uh, i know you know you had like uh maybe it's stutters on your end which is you know no I, I i mean i tried different settings it was there was yeah. definitely problems with it mm. but that's, I mean, uh, and all said and told, uh, all, all well said, I don't know exactly what I'd want from a Gus game. I just know, I know that I shouldn't expect a whole lot, uh, because <laughs> boy, um, it, it's clear that they've always got like a, a target audience in mind and it definitely plays into the fan service, just like Knights of, uh, Azure, yeah. Knights of Azure did. Uh, but you know, I like, almost think that's a little bit like, fan service is whatever but i almost feel like for blue reflection that's almost even more disappointing because i know like a lot of like women like in the in the game industry like i felt like they were like really interested in this game because it's like supposed to be like a care like a a game about like the relationship between girls type of thing well but then but then like you kind of feel like well this the audience for this game is almost like for like male gays like well, let me, not generalize it. let me not generalize I mean, it because it's not like that. It's it's not like I'm not saying like, you know, it's back like wall to wall fan service or anything like that. It's just that the fact it's there and then there's like the different parts of the game that are like there's bathing and all this I mean, stuff like it's it doesn't really seem need to be there. Uh, and also like they've got the hot wet T-shirt tech, but I don't really talk about it because I'd rather talk about the stuff that's good about it. And I think that the user interface uh, and I mentioned this in the review is insanely good. Uh, like if Persona Five is great and doing transitions, uh, uh, Blue Reflection is great just on the aesthetics uh, alone. Just the two D art assets are amazing, and I loved going through the different menus and seeing uh, the battle menu as well. It just was really cool to see that stuff. And um, if there's anything uh, that you would want to pick up this game for, just that alone, and the soundtrack is incredible as always from the Gus team. Well, so. I, I mean, I, I'm just saying, spending fifty to sixty dollars on UI and you music, would not. maybe not the yeah, maybe I, not the, I reviewed it as such yes you would not sp- i would not ba- buy this for full price i would wait for it until you know it's like half off or something like I, that. I i did i the ui reminds me of root letter if you remember that little yeah last year uh the, the whole like uh using like the note pages uh as like kind of like your ui i always i, I kind of like a sucker for that because it, it feels it feels more like down to earth like hey i'm just trying to like live my life you know 
and, and whatnot. So it, that game it, it makes good, sense. <laughs> I, that game wasn't good, though. I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that it was good, but it did, did have like a looker for the UI segment. It, it, it's uh, Maybe it's like kind of writing along the coattails of this, right? Like maybe the gameplay section isn't that like great, but like the presentation of it uh, has uh, some merit to it. I mean, it's got some quirks on the on the battle system as well. It's kind of neat, uh, especially when you're like got partners that you can join in, and all the different mini games that are outside of it, and the different systems. Like, I'm not gonna uh, be too hard in the game because I did have a good time with it. I just didn't think that, like I said, the story didn't really hold up that well, especially towards the end of it. Uh, and so, I kind of kind of tossed it after a while. I mean, once I, once I was done with, it, I was like, okay, this is it. This is seriously how this is gonna end. Okay, fine. I. Uh, and do, you know do, that's do you kind think, of my think... feeling when I had Mary Skelter. It's not the same developer, obviously, but yeah. they had the same problems. Do you think they could like use the do a blue reflection too uh, off of this? No, well. <laughs> it's definitely not a. I don't think it's a, a series that has that kind of momentum behind it, like Knights of Azure did. It's uh, they all have. I'll have a secret for that game, but blue reflection. This kind of feels like a one-off. As neat as it was, uh, I just don't think that it's got enough going for it that deserves a sequel, to be honest. Unless they wanted to take the technology and use it somewhere else, I just don't see it. But that's kind of been my that was my feeling, and my review, like I said, is up on the site. I also been uh, playing a lot of Cyber Dimension Neptunia, which I got last week. There's no embargo for it, so I don't really have a reason to hold back on talking about it. I just mm-hmm. kind of want to. Not, uh, just because I'm still making my way through it, and I'd rather have my full thoughts sort of collected before I discuss what that's like. Uh, briefly, though, it's just that this is the game that is, what I think that might be, I don't know if it's co-developed or uh, solely developed by Tamsoft, who did the Cyber Dimension Neptunia game, which is straight-up action uh, RPG. Oh, you mean the, um, not that, you said Cyber Dimension Neptunia, not that, the Neptunia Blanc versus Zombies or whatever? Oh, that's it, yeah, because Tamsoft is actually a character in that. So yeah, that, that is what I was thinking of, in fact. Um, yeah. I should probably update my review, because I don't know why I thought about that. Um, but yeah, it's it's... It's because Cyber Dimension and that game are pretty close in terms of gameplay. Is that uh, a good or bad thing? It's it's there. Uh, I don't know whether I like it that much or not because it's got its own problems uh, in terms of the... It's just not that very satisfying because when you attack, um, there's no real sense of weight behind your hits. So it's mm. just like you're cutting through air. <laughs> it's like... Yeah. And you're like, yeah. okay, I'm damage is popping up i mean the controller does vibrate when you get hit but outside of that it's just straight up like you're you're just mashing the square button over and over until an enemy dies i will say it looks great uh they did uh they they really upgraded the game using unreal engine 4 yeah this is the first game in unreal engine right yeah uh because of course before they were using their own proprietary software now they're using unreal engine 4 so it's a whole new assets i will say the thing i'm bummed about is that they actually took out some animations as for some reason like so, you know, uh, Josh has played it. Um, during the dialogue scenes, you got characters talking to each other, and you typically see, like, the characters moving up and down as they breathe, and then the the lips are moving as they talk. Oh, it's like the, the live 2D type deal? Exactly. They don't have any of that. It's straight up just you see the characters with the, either their mouths are closed or the mouths are open. Uh, like, it's, like, flashing between uh, uh, two different pieces of art. Uh, that's and they're boring, yeah. They're, their like portraits are moving like they're you know Wait. going in and out of the screen that kind of thing or they're oh fading. like 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 fade like fading back in and out of the screen yeah like they're, if they're running okay. away this one they just move the art like quickly across the screen as they chase oh each just other. like a swipe okay yeah. yeah yeah exactly so it's they got rid of that so there seems like it's like they're kind of lifeless a little bit and that's a bummer 
uh it's i mean i'm getting down to like the nitty-gritty because uh as a person who's been playing the neptunia series you kind of got to rely on that it's just like when discard 5 came out i was looking for those little things that i found so endearing with the other entries that i yeah, wanted to like, see what changes were made the, yeah those kinds of series like they kind of like a big part of their personality and their like kind of significance is uh just like the little touches like the, on their presentation like they have to be very energetic very animated to really like nail, nail the like the point across that's yeah. what i feel like and that, it, it sucks that like it, if you if you kind of skimp on like the that aspect of the presentation it, it it kind of starts crumbling apart because it's there's not a lot to like kind of like lean on then well the, and the important part of course is that the fact like we just talked about this is Unreal engine 4 so i was saying okay yeah. what was lost in the transition to this new engine what did they keep and it's clear that uh with tamsoft it's kind of hard to tell because <laughs> mm. uh, from my experience it it's definitely a new Neptunia game. Uh, the other problem is that uh, I've always listened to the English dub. And so this time around, Noir is a different voice actress as well. Oh, so you, no. So you, you have a different Noir, a different Blonde, and a different Vert now. And oh, Neptune shit, is the only... Yep, yep. She couldn't make it for this game. This is her first game um, she's not a part of. Uh, the CPU candidates, at least, are, from what I can tell, the same voice actresses. It's just that Neptune is the only main uh, person out of the four. That, that's, the that's kind of big still. Like, you know, like three-fourths of your main cast is now different has different voices that's why it's kind of a thing where like you know a lot of people like to make fun of those people who uh want to stick with the japanese dub over the english because it's like some sort of you know holiness it's like it's, yeah. it's the purest form of this game uh but the other thing is that typically in in japan they sign contracts where it's good for the entire series of of a property or in, you know it goes like cross media style so it's yeah. like movies and, and i mean i totally understand that yeah 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 uh so i mean like i remember this is like a totally left field like tangent here but like tales of zephonia 2 Mm -hmm. like none of the voices are the same yeah and it's just like really silly like in english i mean they they are in japanese but like there's like this really heartfelt scene between like lloyd and colette but it's like these are the wrong voices that's totally especially when you hear someone coming back you're like that's yeah. not it's like Mortal Kombat 2 uh when you saw Annihilation in the movie you're like these are not the same actors at all it's only Luke Kane is the same everyone else is different who's this guy but that's yeah. kind of like um that's the that's the kind of the the weird thing about it but that's why it, it's like I kind of kind of regret listening to the English version because like if you go to the Japanese it's always been the same actresses you know it's, mm-hmm. it's the same people uh I've voiced those characters since the very beginning English it's changed and so it's it's kind of like you feel uncomfortable it's like when you hear the persona 4 golden chie for the first time you're like ah this is kind of weird it's not the same person so i'm not very crazy about mm-hmm. it i mean to be fair at least in the neptunia series you had a choice to persona 4 you only had english so it's a little different but um it's 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 something i noticed uh but there's other problems with that game uh slightly more significant ones that i'm going to save from my review okay. uh but boy uh i will say one thing this game is unoptimized so and are you are, are you playing on a ps4 or pc uh, well, it's PC only available on the delayed. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah that's the right. Yeah, yeah there was delayed okay. till I think next that's year right. or something like that. But yeah, mm-hmm. it's um, I'm playing on the PlayStation Four, uh, and it, it has that weird thing uh, that uh, you guys have probably experienced yourselves is that if you decide to play a game and put it into rest mode and you decide to you know relaunch it, a lot of the time uh, the whole system sort of bogs down on it until the game eventually crashes. Uh, that was one of my experiences. So you, what you have to do is like you have to completely restart the game. Restart Wait, I've the never system. had that actually. Like when you when you yes. when you wake up your PS4 when you're in game, sometimes like some some games will just kind of it'll crash. 
it'll straight up just it'll go so slow like the the frame rate will drop so significantly that eventually it just crashes oh it's definitely a problem that's a lot of people have experienced not just myself and that's what i had with the cyber dimension so i couldn't i couldn't necessarily blame the game for that i was about to then someone's like oh did you try this i'm like no oh okay uh so yeah uh it's it is unoptimized in other means too it's got a very weird opening but i'm gonna deal with that later um uh, we'll talk about that then. I still haven't played that new Neo, Neo DLC that came out this past Tuesday, so we'll be playing that. Um, uh, I've also got Eglia up for review that i got to get on. I also got that Super Nintendo Classic, which I did a stream for last night. That'll be uploading it. It was great to go back and play those games again uh, with the Pixel Perfect mode, because uh, it's got like Earthbound and Secret of Mana and uh, Final Fantasy VI uh, and Legend of Zelda, Link to the Past. Yeah, my, my, well, mine came in yesterday, and all I got to it was I opened the box, I put it out, and I actually didn't set it up yet. I, 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 <laughs> that's uh, my, my SNES Mini experience at the moment, but I'm... Uh, I'm excited to see... I don't know what I'm going to play on it first. Probably have zero, probably. I mean, I'm definitely going to be playing games that I didn't really get a chance to beat before because, like, Super Mario World, I actually have not beaten myself. I've seen other people beating it. I haven't beaten myself, and there's Yoshi's Island. I'll probably play Super Metroid. I'm really excited to play those games. And it's already been hacked, by the way, so go figure. Oh, right. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's like the... the, the apparently the, it's like the exact same energy. Yeah, Digital Foundry or Eurogamer just, like, just oh, ripped it apart. It's like, oh, yeah, that's exactly the same thing that's in the NES Classic. Weird, huh? Yep, that's... Not a not a big surprise. No, it's not. And you know, people have already dumped Star Fox Two, which is one of the other reasons I got it. It's because I wanted to play that. Because uh, I and I want to play Star Fox One too. Uh, so yeah, uh, we'll have plenty more stuff coming up on the site uh, soon. All of my review for Cyber Dimension up maybe in a few days, so people can find out my thoughts at that time. When's the release date of that? Uh, October twelfth, I believe. Okay. So it's they got it to me pretty early. They gave it to me last week. So they have given me a lot of time to work with. I was still working on some other stuff though. So I couldn't really get around to uh, playing a lot of it. I did get my Nintendo switch in the mail. So I'll play playing Zelda after this. So as Adam is going to play near, I got to get to Zelda. So, well, I'm actually, I didn't mention it. I'm playing Zelda. I, Started right it like now. a long time ago. <laughs> uh, I, I was play, I was playing it right before we started podcasting, but I promise oh. you, I'm not playing it right now. It's paused. Okay. Um, okay. But uh, I have played games while we podcasted before. But yeah, um, so you're a jerk. I know. So. <laughs> but yeah, I like I started a long time ago, and then I like put it off as I decided for no reason to play through the entire Trian Odyssey series, and like you know what, I should get back to it. Yes. So. I'm getting back to it. I'm really excited to play it because I've, I've just like I said, I'm a huge Zelda fan, so I'm really excited to get and I, a chance to. Yeah, it's and I mentioned this before when I was I, I compare Horizon to Zelda, which I beat Horizon. I haven't beat Zelda yet, and like Zelda, I I'm just clicking. It's clicking with me a whole lot more. It feels like a big like toy box, yeah. um, and it's just it's so fun to like explore and play. Um, so. Yeah, uh, and you know it's gonna be the, the more people that get to play Zelda on the staff, the better, because you know game of the year. I'm sure it's gonna pop up. Yeah, uh, I, think, I think the big debate, <laughs> I think the big debate we're gonna have now is Zelda has typically traditionally like been kind of what we call a tangential RPG, and it's like is Breath of the Wild enough to be 
now like mainline RPG, like no longer tangential. Hmm. I don't know if we talked about this on the podcast last week because I think we might have with Kyle. It's just that I didn't really want, or maybe it was afterwards because I was like, I don't really know if I want Zelda to be tangential because there's going to be a big fight with me and uh, with him and Yakuza and Utuaramano and games like that. And so like having that also there makes it seem because. I, it's kind of difficult. Utoro Amano feels like it's mostly a visual novel with some strategy RPG, so I don't know exactly where that fits in. Whereas yeah. with Zelda, it's got, you know, same type of issue where it's like, it's got definitely got RPG mechanics way more than most of the Zelda games other than like maybe Zelda 2. Uh, but we'll, we'll have that argument, uh, yeah, but it's yeah. going to be really packed. And we, we understand that like what is an RPG is always like a, uh, the definition an argument changes. that it's always something that some people get really... Uh, Really, I'm you know, strong opinions NBA about for uh, RPG. I, I, Let's go. I know some. I know some people who say like Horizon Zero Dawn is not an RPG. Oh, oh that's Fallout's wrong. not an RPG. I've, <laughs> yeah, I've definitely like, had that. Yeah. I remember when we when we gave Bloodborne RPG of the Year, people were like, "It's an action game." It's like, what does so, that even mean? <laughs> it's just it's we know we understand that like a lot of games have RPG elements. What you know, the label itself is kind of you know. It's, yeah, that's, that's really you have to have a little uh, bit of shifting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's just sit here and complain about people. <laughs> it's 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 that kind of feeling where it's going to be difficult. But I think for now, at least we've got a ton of a solid traditional RPGs as well. Because yeah. you know, also there's plenty of games still coming out. Because we've also got uh, you know, Xenoblade Chronicles Two won't be out until December, and so it'd be like right at the edge, just like Xenoblade Chronicles X was. Uh, at least, so, so yeah. So several of us like oh, we, should probably, we should probably like get this done before Game of the Year. God damn it! <laughs> I'm glad at least that most of us happen to have a Switch this time, so we can play this game. You know, so uh, mm-hmm. as opposed to last time, where it's like, how many people oh, yeah, own a Wii yeah. U? <laughs> so it yeah, was that like fun. I, I had to like go picture Xenoblade Chronicles X. It's like, oh, there's like maybe two. Of yeah it didn't it didn't work out that great um but yeah i'm I'm excited to check that out and actually playing secret of mana i was going to go back and talk a little about that playing secret of mana and thinking about that remake and just seeing the changes that they're making i heard i don't know if i saw this uh if someone else did if you guys did did you see whether the uh innkeeper dances i was that's like the most important thing yeah no does the innkeeper dance i don't think he does i think he doesn't because nico is there like this I heard Nico's voice, and I'm like, oh, that's Nico. That's crazy. Um, but I don't know if I saw the innkeeper, and so I'm kind of concerned because someone in our chat during the stream said he doesn't, and I was kind of sad. I was actually really sad. Maybe, maybe, it's, a, maybe it's not final code. Maybe it hasn't well, been implemented I told yet. them Watch. that, and I don't know if I was trying to convince myself. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> no, maybe we, it's we're, we're going to go with this. Much like how Shenmue 3 didn't have facial animations in that trailer, this well, didn't have the dance in that film. Well, that's that's a year away, at least. But this is like a few, like, a, like what, no. six months? Uh, it's Look, five look months. we got we got to keep the dream alive. That innkeeper better fucking dance. It better dance. Oh my god, it's the best part. All right, so let's get into news because we've got only got like I said a few topics uh, to discuss here. So first off, uh, one of the weirdest PR moves uh, Atlas has made, and this year has been really like a collection of weird PR moves because uh, they announced that they had sent a takedown notice to RPCS3, which is um, the PlayStation 3 emulator for PC that's been really growing by leaps and bounds this past year because they not only have they got a lot of support but when they opened their own patreon a lot more people started to flock to them because they were able to get you know sort of paid for their services so why not uh so the problem though is that one of the things they've been doing lately and i totally don't agree with this at all uh, even as someone who supports emulators uh, uh, just by principle uh they uh had 
been marketing pretty much advertising that persona 5 was fully playable and so they were basically having banners and posts and all these big things just showing up yeah you can play persona 5 now just on pc you don't need to play it on the playstation 3 or the ps4 and so uh clearly atlas took um uh, uh was was bothered by this uh and you know you can't blame them for sure but they sent a takedown notice to the emulator on patreon to try to take it down now patreon did not take it down but what happened uh, instead was that uh rpcs3 they wiped all mention of persona 5 from their website from their support channels from uh the forums all that stuff so now uh even if it is still playable that won't go away because that's just how the internet works uh they just can't advertise it anymore and that makes sense but at the same time i don't know why alice is really going after an emulator because it's just it's the platform it's not the software itself um you know people will argue all day about the gray market the fact like if you own the game you should be able to play it with a simulator no problem it's like it's not quite that easy because you need the bios files and all that stuff as well yeah uh, and that's a uh, whole other can of worms it's it's, it's a weird one right because yeah. like i can first like I, I didn't know how much like they were flaunting the persona fighting i didn't hear about that like the, the if, that, if that's that's actually the case then yeah for sure of course if you do it that much of course atlas is going to take notice yeah that's that's number one uh two uh, the, Atlas USA is kind of, I'm, I'm not going to say that like, you know, it's just hearsay, but obviously, you know, when they issued that uh, streaming threat on Persona 5 earlier in the year saying, oh, you can only go up to this date, but you can't so stream anything. Stupid. Yeah, so that, stupid. They, it was like, they they basically, it was like inevitable, like it was going to happen anyway. Why do they care? Yeah. So I mean, there's still, there's still full playthroughs of Persona 5 right, up right now. And like, yeah. no one gives a shit, you know, but it's, it's, it's one of those things that like, I feel like this is much of the Japanese side yeah. kinda, uh, taking notice of it. Yeah. And, you know, the Archaic obviously, yeah, yeah, the American, the Atlas USA doesn't have like, you know, a lot of like leeway or say uh, against that. You know, they can't say, no, that's like a bad move. It's uh, it, it, to me, it just seems like they don't have like a lot of like wiggle room to negotiate that. It's like, if you want to continue doing business with us, this is the way it has to be. And it's like, and for better or worse, because, you know, we, uh, you know, Atlas. I'm sure Atlas employees know better. They know how the internet work, uh, and you know how what the response is going to be. But they they don't have any say in that. That's kind of just like the unfortunate business side of things. I will I, I will say that it's good at least on the RPCS three side that like they immediately took action like by wiping away any mention of Persona Five, and they kind of like you know that's a subtle way of saying okay, yeah, we, we kind of fucked up on this one. Like we should we should have probably have done that. And but I understand. Uh, their side as well it's saying that like you know emulators on their own aren't like some like big big like mortal sin that like allows everyone to pirate it, i mean emulators at its core is more about archiving you know future proofing that type of stuff because you know once consoles are these consoles are gone or phased out and you know it's very hard to get you know obtain them like you no know, 10 20 years from now uh, we'll and talk like, about that yeah for yeah, sure a little bit but, yeah, yeah for sure but you know it's kind of just opening that that up and th- that's kind of the reason of like emulators of course there's going to be a a section of the market that will use emulators to you know pirate and that's inevitable you get you allow for that option people will take advantage of it if you know, and there'll be other ways you know like to even pirate even without you know use of emulators you can yeah. use like chips or whatever and if uh, I'm not mistaken, I think Sony tried to go after like Blame for that, and they lost. Like they tried yeah. to take them to court, and yeah. they lost because it's it's a platform. It's not like yeah. inherently it, illegal. Yeah, because if you wanted to like actually have like some sort of case, you'd be trying to like take down like the the sites or outlets that actually offer the ISOs and the and the BIOS for it. 
uh, that'd be you know the more sensible like way of doing it. Like going after like the emulator people themselves isn't necessarily the way to like go about it if you're gonna try to go on this pursuit. It has to be it has it's not necessarily the service itself. It has to be the goods that it. Uh, offers and obviously the goods that it could potentially offer is pirated software so it has to they have to go after the outlets that offer the pirated software not necessarily the device that plays those yeah that's that's kind of that's the kind of feeling that i i have about it and honestly like like i said it's just like they're taking the hit for some reason and i don't think that this is a, uh, this was the best move to make uh, even if yeah. it is about protecting their ip it's just that it, it's like, are the lawyers telling them to do this? Because like, honestly, uh, it they feels like just... it. Like, if you read it, like, yeah, it, it's it's certainly you know a lot of, it's it's probably something they don't want to do, but they have to do because uh, to appease multiple sides of the equation. And yeah, it's, it's, and it sucks that like they a section of them have to take the fall for it for better or worse. And like you know the. It, it sucks that Atlas USA has to lose goodwill to continue to appease the business side of things. Uh, totally, but like I mean, like I said before, they're totally well within their rights to be able to do something like this. Yeah. But it does nothing. Literally, it does nothing yeah. because, it, it, like I said, Nintendo and Sony both tried to take them to court and they failed and doing not not RPCS three, but you know emulators in general. Yeah. And the fact the project is open source means that you can't do anything with it regards to like uh, DMCA notices or like. We we are listening. Uh, it's like it yeah. doesn't really do anything for that because no matter what, it's the internet. It's going to exist. You can't do anything, even if they complain about it. It won't take it down. Like it, it, it's weird because this actually has the opposite effect now because they called it to attention yes. to uh, obviously <laughs> every problem. fucking one. So now a lot of people are like, "What is this RPCS three? Oh, I can play Persona five on that. Sweet. Like that's that's it. <laughs> they should <laughs> have. They Done. thought you know you could make the argument they should have left it well enough alone. Uh, but you know I'm not going to blame Atlas really about that. I just think it's fruitless. It's it's, it's yeah. nothing's gonna happen. I think yeah. that was Adam. I think that was like your first reaction to it was just like why? <laughs> yeah, so. it's just like so emulation. People are going to use it for piracy, and it's honestly piracy is like I don't know if this is a weird thing to say, but it's so easy these days. Like you can literally like Google it and yeah. find it in like two links, and like even if you're the stupidest person, you can figure out how to do it. And it's just so like, well, I guess what I'm getting at is it's so easy for anyone to do it. And that's why it's such a widespread thing that like trying to put effort and time and like trying to stop it, like is not, it is a little bit of a waste. Uh, to, to contextualize this in a more relevant, like, you know, modern way of like, uh, like other instances that happened to this. Uh, think about AM2R and Super Mario 64 Online. Like Nintendo went after like the actual outlets themselves that offered it. Not necessarily that it, not those things are still well and alive at the other parts of the internet. If you really tried to look for it, and you don't have to look very hard, to be fair. But you know, it's more of just like issuing those DMCA notices and saying, okay, don't like offer this on your site anymore. Like you can't. But you know, obviously, it's already done its job of like word of mouth and uh, rehosting. They can't control that, but the the most they can do is actually getting out the source. Yeah. yeah. So I guess it's just trying to like plug all the holes is. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't do anything also because Patreon uh, knows the legal rights and they didn't yep. take it down. So yep. even with that, even with the sort of copyright strike, it does nothing because their software is still on Patreon and they're still going to get contributions. They're still going to push ahead with getting that game fully emulated without any sort of issues with it. So even if it's like, even if they say, oh, by the way, it also improved the compatibility with Persona 5 or like other games, 
belonging to a certain very popular Japanese publisher. It's like it's not going to get around the problem itself. And I think that, like uh, you were talking about, Josh, it's about archival purposes as well. And so, mm-hmm. be able to keep those games available through that is important. Which leads us into the next piece of news that we've got. So Nintendo, I believe it was today, announced that they uh, probably yesterday they announced that they're going to be shutting down the Wii Shop channel. So anyone who enjoys like the WiiWare titles, such as Square Enix's like My Life Is a Keen, uh, they're going to be shutting down that whole service on January thirty first, twenty nineteen. And what they've also said is later that year you won't be able to re-download them. It'll be kind of like that PT thing where it's going to be taken uh-huh. offline. It'll be still in your hardware. You just won't be able to re-download it if you so happen to like lose it at at some point. So, you know, there's still a way to play those games, and that's through such as, like, the Dolphin emulator, you know. So you can still get access to that. But now you've lost sort of the quote-unquote legal way to keep all that because not only are you losing a lot of great WiiWare titles, such as, like I said, My Life is a Keen and My Life is a Dark Lord. Dark Dark Lord, I can't talk. Dark Lord. Dark Lord. Uh, There's other games, like I think there was like a Bomberman game or something like that. There's also a bunch of uh, virtual console games that only Mm -hmm. exist through that service. And so like I think that, was it Chrono Trigger is not available on any other virtual console service. Uh, I think ActRaiser is only available through that. I got (laughs) ActRaiser. Yeah, me too. And Final Fantasy 2, I think, is only available through that because it's not on the Super Nintendo Classic. So yeah, and there's also like you know, Fantasy Star, the Fantasy Star games, I believe, uh, only available through the, the first Wii one. Virtual, yeah, the first the four. Sets, well, Fantasy Star, Fantasy Star two through four are on Steam. Yeah, so. but I mean, as far as like the virtual console services, like specifically oh, that, not Nintendo's yeah. like uh, 3DS or you know Wii U. It's it's like that particular service because Chrono Trigger, of course, is available on like DS as well. So it's it's not it's not quite the same. Uh, although there's no digital version of Chrono Trigger outside of. Uh, outside of the Wii version, I don't think so. There's, I think you can get the PSX version on PS... Oh, I'm sorry, you're totally right. I'm, I'm, I'm off base with but, that one. But that version... Yeah, it's the it's PlayStation terrible. version. It's not the Super Nintendo instant loading uh, beauty. Cruising USA, I think, was also... Yeah, there's like a bunch of games that I think that um, we just won't have access to anymore once that service is down. So all you can really hope for, of course, is that Nintendo is quick to put their own virtual console service Unfortunately, all we know so far is that there's a couple NES games, which I think one was that uh, that Nintendo Golf game that has been going around. is apparently built into the Switch, so they just got to unlock it. Uh, I don't know if that's going to mean it's going to be a free thing or whatever. But yeah, I don't know. But the, the did you hear the story behind that? It was really actually hard hard touching, uh, heartwarming. The yes. the yeah you, you've heard it right. I think I, no, it, I, I heard something there was a story like it unlocks it. only on Iwata's. Uh, yeah, it, either his it, birth date or the anniversary of his death or something. Yeah, it's, it's one of those. But basically, they kind of like uh, it's in there to like commemorate that. It's supposed to unlock who knows when on that, but you know hackers got uh, access to it. And if if you just have a brand new switch out of the box, never connected to the internet, you I believe the date you want to set it to is July nineteenth to like have access to it. And it's basically kind of like, uh, I guess in, in the in our culture, game, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. In our culture, it'd be more like a akin to a good luck charm type of type of deal. But it's, uh, in the Japanese culture, it's very much like you know carrying on the his spirit, like he's always watching over the the Nintendo and especially specifically the Switch. Obviously, you know he's always watching us and stuff, and kind of like uh, a, a nice. Heartfelt, heartwarming, like you know, farewell, like thank you for everything. Yeah, yeah. I think so. I think golf is like the Nintendo golf game was the first game he ever worked on for Nintendo, so that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, he would and... be 
part of that. Uh, and you know, it, it's crazy. And we talked about this before. How many games Nintendo? Uh, excuse me, Iwata, uh, uh, Star Iwata, uh, uh, participated with Nintendo from the yeah. Kirby games to Earthbound to like the Smash Brothers games. There's just a ton of stuff that he actually helped make, not just you know be some sort of sideline producer, or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I, I think you had like to unlock it. You have, after you do the date thing when you're not online, you have to actually do like his like direct like posture in front of your switch to oh, do it are you kidding me how is that even no, possible yeah like he i guess like the the joy cons will like sense it like you uh, know oh like, so it's got the it's got the weight inside of it of course the yeah. hd rumble whatever oh yeah my gosh, I, the gyro. that seems crazy but like wow awesome that's insane yeah, going back to the virtual console thing yeah. i actually just yesterday i loaded are you it eating up. while you're talking right now a little bit <laughs> yeah. um, what, what, what's for dinner yes nothing oh, okay. so uh like I decided just to kind of I I have so I don't have a Wii but I have a Wii U with sure. like the Wii mode on it and I kind of have it's it's kind of like my virtual console machine and so I already had a good number of virtual console games on it but I kind of decided well I guess I might as well buy some more so yeah I just like I got ActRaiser I got like the Japanese like the one cool thing about virtual consoles that you could buy like the Japanese versions of some games that were never released in English oh, yeah yeah, yeah like the Castlevania and, games for and, sure. and like you don't have to like do any sort of like region twitching or anything it's just no. like available on the shop yeah. so like i got rondo of blood yeah i got yes. um i got one of like the i got I actually i actually ended up getting all the wonder boy slash monster world games oh Some those the, are so good yeah so like I, I didn't get like every single game but like i just kind of bought like a good chunk so i could just play them later hopefully because none of those games are available anywhere else <laughs> right now. i mean legally so and that's and that's the big bummer when you think about it because like you're going to be missing those games. I uh, I think I think one of the games I bought for that service was like Kirby's Avalanche. I think that's part of the games that has not been on like any other titles. But I think there's like a I think someone put a list together and there's like a, a couple hundred that don't exist anywhere else, uh, which is a damn shame. I mean the SNES Super excuse me yes the SNES Classic sort of helps with that, but. Uh, once again, just really hope Nintendo has a, a way to save all these games because yeah. otherwise we're going to rely on the emulators, and you know that's what the that's why emulators are so important. Yeah. Because they're uh, once again they're trying to archive history, and the fact that there's people like those companies like Atlas trying to stop it in some way, even if it's just for their own particular game, it's like. I don't know if you're really doing it, uh, if you're doing the right thing so much. Yeah, don't, don't know if you want to die on this, so because this is kind of, it, it's important, it's healthy for the uh, gaming industry to at least, like, you know, have some sort of timeline. I totally uh, get, like, yeah, piracy reasons, and d- definitely, like, uh, no one should pirate games at all. It's it's different, though, like, people are talking about, like, if you happen to own the game, being able to use an emulator would be great. So, uh, yeah, in, in, a, in a perfect world, there shouldn't be piracy, but there are it's definitely legitimate cases where piracy has to be done. Like for example, yeah. if, a, if a certain like regions, if you're it's like, like a third world country and you have no legit, like actual legal way to like get these and access these and the, yeah, sure. Like go for it. You know, if that's the only way you can do it, then absolutely. It, there's definitely uh, cases that can be made such as, you know, really, really expensive games that are really hard to find anymore. Like if someone play like, one of the lunar games or or whatever it's just that it's really hard to want to spend hundreds of dollars on a game and have to deal with that but also it's you know sometimes uh games are so caught up in legal 
uh, issues, uh, like who owns the rights to what game. And so, like, uh, like if you say if you wanted to, like, you know, those people back then, they were trying to play vanilla version of World of Warcraft. It's like that, you know, like they want to play their games uh, and there's no way to play it other than pirating it. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yeah. or uh, games that have been abandoned to time. So, like, if I wanted to play... Like, for example, what if all the Xboxes... I think apparently like there's a problem with the original Xbox systems where, like, it can fry itself or something. I don't know if there's something wrong with the battery or whatever, and eventually it, they just might die over time. And so you got you got to make sure that you kind of copy your data over. Otherwise, a lot of the old Xboxes are going to just die out. Like, if I wanted to play a Togi and that happened, I wouldn't be able to because it's not backwards compatible on any services, and I really want to play that game. So I've got to stick to an emulator. It's it's those problems that people are facing, yeah. which is a real shame. And I, I also, just since we're on the topic of services start shutting down, Gravity Rush 2's online features are get, getting shut down on January 19th. And that the, the game will be not even been out for like a whole year, I believe. Yeah, it's like the end of January this year, right? When it came out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that that's just super distressing to hear because you'll be permanently locked out of stuff if they don't give you an alternative method to like you know like because the online features and that and that uh gave you like dusty tokens for doing like online challenges like a treasure hunt like find this uh thing that another person has marked you know and you gain this currency so you can um online like service only currency that you can use like unlock costumes like the person not persona fantasy star online 2 costume for example oh my gosh that's that's the real shame about that is like the content that people have created online online services to be like gone with time it's it's a real shame about that uh and the, the best that you can hope for is that someone's kind of captured it on youtube whatever like i went yeah. back and watched all those final fantasy 14 1.0 videos uh someone like uh recorded all the uh cutscenes from that because uh, apparently oh, there was like awesome. a library like there's a place you can go back i think it's like in your mod cast whatever you can watch all the cutscenes you've seen uh in the uh sometime in the game and mm-hmm. so I was able to watch all of that like as one long movie. But if if that service had just been shut down for good, that online service, no one else would have access to it. Like if it wasn't at a point in time when YouTube was popular, like you know if it was pre two thousands or whatever, no one would have any record of that. So Gravity Rush two, it sounds like it's got exclusive content that's just going to be gone completely. Yeah, and that sucks. You know, that's a real shame. Yeah, I hope that they find a way to take it all offline somehow, uh, because otherwise it's it's just gonna be kind of a big bummer. It's just like you know the Hitman, uh, the recent Hitman game with the online contracts. Like, there's no way for people to play those anymore unless they decide to release all of them. Those those special hits that they put out. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm curious to see how exactly uh, Sony will deal with that, but I guess we'll find out. So the next piece of news that we've got here, though, uh, which is the last kind of big news. Uh, Goshina is leaving Bandai Namco. Yeah, that's big. I mean, he's 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 one of the more prominent Japanese musicians that you know people go go to. You know, he's been uh, he's done a lot of uh, Tales games. He did Legendia, um, the Radiant. So the, <laughs> the main the main theme in Tales of Hysteria is so good. I mean, it's not that good, but it's it's pretty good. And it's a shame that it's just tied to a game that is Tales of Hysteria. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, he composed that as well. He did it's really catchy, and it's just like six. yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, I, I listen to it on the side, so yeah. yeah. Uh, he did. He they did mention that his he will still compose that new God Eater project that's uh, oh, upcoming that's for right. Bandai Namco. Yeah. So he stays. That's all will be his final project for them. Um, it's not confirmed yet, but people suspect that he's also the composer for Code Vein because the musical pieces from that is very, very, very similar to his style. Uh, so there's a good chance he's composing that. 
but yeah, after after that, after the new God Eater, uh, no more Goshin at Bandai Namco. Uh, all all the best, you know. He's a very very talented composer. Very I mean, to be fair, like he could still be. Maybe he's just going. I mean, it sounds like he's just going independent, so he could mm-hmm. still work with them in some capacity, yeah. like Uematsu has done. Because uh, it's surprising when you go back and look on Wikipedia pages, like, oh, that guy left Square Enix like a decade ago, yet he still happened on this project. So it's potential there, but it's clear that there's no real thing as a as a. A composer that's signed into a single company anymore or at least that's really going away uh it just seems like a lot of them are just trying to find their own paths and they want to work for the company i remember i remember we had an interview with uh sakamoto um what's his first name hitoshi uh the final fantasy 12 valkyria chronicles composer we had an interview with him that we did i don't think we actually ever published it um we should (laughs) we should have go back and get that uh but like he, 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 this was like two years ago, and he was even saying like it's basically the norm now for composers to not be, you know, they're not employed by a company like uh, the actual game developer. They're employed by you know, a, like Sakamoto has his own studio, Base Escape, that basically they hire out to whoever is you know, contracting them. So that that's basically more the norm is like freelancing and kind of working on you know projects as a sort of contract rather than being like i work for this company and i work on their games type of thing so yeah i mean in a, in a way this is good i feel like it, because it, it allows them to like work under like you know other series other rpgs other types of games you know really because goshina like his style is like he's a very very flexible uh composer but he's usually you know typecasted like you know on various bandai namco properties and I'm very, very like excited to see where he goes from from here. Like, what'll be his next project? What'll be his first non-Bandai Namco IP? It'll IP be another on. anime game, I'm sure, because <laughs> that's kind of his all thing. right. Hype. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. There we go. He'll join Gust or Falcom. Actually, you know, I don't think they need any help. Uh, so. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's 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 crazy, but that's been the norm, right? Like no one is really tied down to a company anymore, or at least a big uh, publisher. It seems like everyone's going independent, even on the Japanese side. It's weird because um, I'm sure everyone here knows it's that it's a very Japanese culture thing where if you'll you'll join a company at an at a young age and stick with them pretty much the whole time. You know, it's very it was it's different now. We're more and more willing to sort of break away from the uh, the company that they've been with because, like, if you look at Capcom. I think like a lot of the people that worked on their games in the '90s still work there. You know, a lot of the people that worked on Resident Evil and Mega Man and all those properties, a lot of them are still there. So, uh, like, like I want to work with this guy who worked on the first Resident Evil. They just have to go down the hall, and no, he's right there. You know, or she's right there. So, uh, it seems like that whole culture is changing so much and uh, taking on more of what the West does, where you don't really see a lot of those regular companies, and it makes you wonder, like. How many of these companies are willing to deal with crowdfunding projects? Now that I think it's important to point out that not long ago, Kickstarter actually opened up their crowdfunding for Japanese uh, for Japan, and so oh, yeah. it makes me wonder exactly if if you're going to see more of those company like people going independent and then trying their luck on the crowdfunding side because that I think that'd be kind of interesting. That's stranding coming to a local Kickstarter. Near yes, <laughs> I, I like how someone said now that Konami is doing this uh, Zone of the Enders too. Can they get a new Suikoden? And I'm like, what? <laughs> that's yeah, the, that's not quite the same, but okay. You know, sure, yes, let's do it. They, uh, Suikoden VR experience. Yeah, I, I mean, honestly, I would not be surprised to see anything at this point i just know for a fact that it's 
crowdfunding's not been so great. I think that we talked about it before where Swery is trying to do that good life on Fig on Fig and it's not doing great because he's asking yeah. for a one and a half million. He opened it up where now there's cats and dogs that you can turn into and yet he's still like at a quarter million, so it's it's not doing it's so hard. It's, yeah. yeah. But we'll see. So in the last piece of news that we've got here, though, Idea Factory, they announced that they're going to be holding their annual press conference on December 7th in Anaheim, which is so much better than San Francisco, because <laughs> obviously that's kind of the uh, central location for a lot of press people. I don't know about it anymore, but that's been kind of the historical thing. The issue, of course, last year is that we wanted to attend, but uh, PlayStation Experience and all that, that's in Los Angeles, uh, or actually it's in Ana- it was in Anaheim. And so the idea of going to San Francisco on a Thursday and then coming back to uh, SoCal for PlayStation Experience when you've got a day job, kind of not easy. Um, so fortunately, you will be able to attend this time. Uh, there's not a whole lot of projects I can think of off the top of my head that they haven't localized or announced localization yet. Other than maybe like a bunch of Tome games. Yeah, um, I'm th- thinking the Tokyo Clan Pool. Uh, I know Nice America is more like the ones I'm thinking of, but I shouldn't. Uh, oh, Castle Panzers, is that them? <laughs> oh, the Genkai Pirates? Yeah, it's. Sure. Uh, uh, whatever they call it. Yeah, it's the Moe Rowe. Chronicles series, or the series that the games, that's the game. Speaking of Nisa, they teased a, a game announcement, or it may not something be a game wicked this way it, comes. Yeah, something wicked is coming next week. The the, the, the only the only thing yeah. I remember from that from that is an image say with a reply better translations question mark. Yeah, yeah. yeah oh. that's all I remember. <laughs> yeah, I don't know exactly what we're expecting here. It's either. We're thinking it's either Witch and the Hunter Knight 2, which has never been announced for localization, which is bizarre because they had the remake for that ga- the first game come over here, or the remaster anyway, came over here. The other one, um, Adam, other Adam, mentioned that kind of made sense too, uh, Disgaea 3 for PC because the protagonist is wicked. So and and the Wicked Heart is like the one of the main songs from the game. So it's kind of up in the air because both those games seem very plausible, and they Are haven't they... announced Sky Three for some reason yet. Uh, is Nisa uh, Coven and the Labyrinth people as well too? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's kind of weird. Everyone keeps Even, asking for that. Yeah, so. that that's a really that's that's probably the most um, niche game, but that is like Nipponichi like developed. Yeah. So you, I, I I I don't know the. Like what Nice America is like? Are they contractually ob- obligated to like localize all Nice games or what? I don't know. I think I so. Know. I mean, not all of them. Yeah, it's it's. I think that that's just that they work so closely with them. But Nice America has been branching out so much lately, as we we were talking about East Eight, of course, uh, that being them. So it's kind of hard to say. But I would say uh, uh, those two games seem most plausible. They've got so they, many games coming out. So. The, yeah, they already they're Yomavari too, right? Yes. Yep. Okay, and that's also that's also Nipponichi. Yeah, but they already announced that I think. Yeah, yeah, that's that's coming out in October. So did that already release in Japan? Yeah, that's been out. Think so. It actually passed 100,000 units sold. So good for them. That whole series, I mean. So that's yeah, that's great because the first one was awesome despite some issues, and the second one, yeah, it's going to be out in a few weeks. So excited for that one. But yeah, that's going to be out December seventh. Like I said, that press event uh, will of course be covering it live from the sh- from the uh, place itself, which will be a bar that I can't drink at because it's in Anaheim and I live uh, about uh, forty minutes away and I have to drive there. And they tend to have Just some crashing. great drinks. Yeah, I'll <laughs> crash in the crash in the bar like crawling the table. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm excited to see what they'll have there, but um, you know, most of the time it's just nice to see other press people. It's that's kind of the excuse, right? I didn't go to get to go to E3 this year, just Anime Expo, so it'd be nice to see some old friends. So that's it for the podcast. 
despite not having a lot of news, uh, we sure got to lot to talk about. That's awesome. Uh, so just to let you guys know uh, where you can find us. You can always find us on RPGsite.net. Uh, we got reviews up for Blue Reflection. Uh, also, Terror Battle 2. Uh, uh, Liz got to cover that game. And uh, I've actually been playing a lot of that, too. It's pretty fun. Uh, it's got It's basically terror battle one but expanded with the big open world kind of stuff as oh, at least a place we can move around like i said sakaguchi wants to make it his final fantasy i don't know if he's going to be able to do that with the way this game is designed but we'll see i don't know they, they, they were still promising a terror battle console version and that never happened so. oh no he talked sakaguchi talked about that enemy expo it said it was one of his biggest embarrassments and he said that they're pretty much done with the uh pre-production of that so it's going to happen pretty soon oh okay <laughs> yeah he's, he said he wanted to make it happen because he did want to do another pre-registration thing uh with that over his head like why are people gonna trust me uh, doing another one <laughs> so uh he, he definitely said that that's going to be coming here soon maybe early next year we'll see uh i will say the art for that game is awesome so i would love to see that on consoles i hope it's just not a port he didn't make it seem like it's a port i think it's something oh man if, it, if it's just like a straight port and you have to do like weird you can already sh- play it on pc shit. so who cares <laughs> like what why didn't bother uh also on twitter you can find us at rpg site on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash rpgsitenet. On our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash rpgsitenet. We're almost done with that Valkyrie Chronicles 3 playthrough. Like I said, my Super Nintendo, uh, my SNES Classic playthrough will be up on the channel uh, later tonight as well. You can always find us on iTunes, your favorite podcast app, to search for TetraCast. Our permanent Discord link is discord.me slash rpgsite. We recently updated it to add categories, so now we've got game channels, but also an anime channel. Stay far away from that. It's a damn yeah, don't, don't do it. it. It's all right. Yeah, animes for the devil. Oh, uh, lastly, <laughs> animes for losers. So lastly, we'd like to share where you can find us on Twitter. So Adam, where can they find you? Uh, K-I-N-G underscore S-E-D-A. Thank you. Uh, Josh. You can find me at HDKirin, H-D-K-I-R-I-N. Apparently, people really like internet browser waifus. Ah, uh, yes. I like my Chrome. Uh, they revealed that at, at Anime Expo, and that was, yeah, um, it just randomly came out. Uh, I didn't know that until you shared it. That's <laughs> A friend let me show me. I'm like, what the fuck is this? What the? I didn't. Yeah, this Pe- is- people who don't know, it's basically internet browsers, uh, anthropomorphic internet browsers, kind of like Hyperdimension Neptunia, but it's for web browsers, and it's a visual novel. It's yeah, uh, I forget what the game is called, but it's sure get away from it, that. It, it, it's it's on Steam. Yes, so it's on Steam. Just, it's on just Steam. Just uh, browse and- for ten minutes at the all new releases with all the garbage, and it'll be right there in there. You'll 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 know it by at sight. Oh, Steam like removed about two hundred games recently, so maybe that should have been part of the pile. We'll see. Lastly, oh, wait, did they really? Yeah, they did. They they got rid of a bunch of games. Apparently, there was like a, a I don't know if it's like a hundred or two hundred games from a single developer <laughs> who wow. was really clogging the system there, uh, trying to uh, you know get money, get some quick bucks, and take advantage of people like a lot of people on Steam tend to do. Uh, I heard Liz has actually been making a ton of money off trading cards, so she sold like seventy five, and they were like a dollar a piece for a visual novel. So she's been making cash. The high life. <laughs> she is making bank. I'm jealous of her. I'll have to go looking through to see what trading cards I can get rid of because I don't give a crap <laughs> about those. Uh, also, you can find me at Zach Reese. So that's it for the podcast. Next week, I uh, don't know there's a whole lot else we we have going on right now. Like I said, we'll still have a couple reviews going up here. I'll definitely have something for the Neo DLC. I've been thinking about it doing a, a postmortem uh, on Neo now that all the DLC will be out. And I mean, it is out. Uh, sharing my thoughts about how that game is gone and the changes that made. It's not been great. 
but I'll share that later. Uh, do you guys have anything you got going on that you'll have a coverage up soon? Mm-hmm. Do you have anything like? Uh, oh, uh, did you about Tokyo Dark? Oh uh, yeah, I need to finish that. I'm just trying to trying to catch up with everything. But yeah, yeah, yeah. that'll be out. Too. Sweet, sweet. I don't know if Adam, you've got anything. You got the Mario game. Mario first. review. That's the proper review, and that's about it. So oh, okay, week. cool. All right, awesome. Well, that's stuff on the site. Uh, expect a lot more. But thank you, everyone, for listening. And catch us next week for another edition of the TetraCast. Bye, everyone.